thirsty. Alrighty. I'm finally back in DC. I feel like I haven't been here in 25 years. No, it's true. I've literally been gone like almost an entire month. I stayed in a hotel for three whole weeks. Mm-hmm. That was a lot. Uh, but now I'm home, and my 40 is so happy to see me. Shit, yeah, she is. Um, Just 40. Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I'll leave yeah. again. Yeah. Um, but basically, yeah, my... My bad. All right. Um, but basically, I was away for a trial. Um, it's over now. We did reach a verdict on Thursday. Um, yeah, I, I can give some basics on it. Basically, um, this is a bifurcated trial. We still have some additional charges that are being sought out against this person, but we split it up into two. And so for this one, the sole focus of it was a young lady who overdosed as a result of this dentist who was prescribing opioids that really did not need to be prescribed. Um, so yeah, very interesting trial. Very sad. I got to know, um, the decedent's parents and everything, and... It was definitely tough to be in court with them sometimes through some like pretty rough moments so they were super sweet so I'm really glad that I was able to be on this trial and bring them a little bit of justice so ear slay justice slay justice boots house down slay (laughs) um anyways bestie what have you been up to um, a lot of work, a lot of nothing fun or special or important, um, almost fought my, my retail job yesterday, but it worked out. Mm-hmm. I put my 90 days for the, the t- kids teaching thing. She hasn't responded, which is a little troublesome yeah because i i i I was like scared i was like did i send it to the wrong email um but i i checked and rechecked and double checked and triple checked and it's the same email Mm. i don't know why they couldn't have even at least been like received yeah because you sent that like pretty early in the day yesterday. yeah and i mean yesterday's still a work day so Mm. she was just that busy but it's so funny because then when I don't respond to an email, they like start mm-hmm. calling me yeah, up your booty. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but basically, I just realized that you know it's, I've realized it for a while. I don't like teaching. I don't like children. It's just not a thing I like to do, especially this generation of children. COVID mm-hmm. babies are a evil. Breed. They are just straight up evil. They're very at least especially in Northwest DC. That's like the bougier side of town. They're entitled. They don't like to listen to nobody. They don't even like to listen to their parents. Like there are multiple times I had like walked out after class and seen these kids interact with their parents. I'm like, oh, Mm. oh, that's why they treat me like that. Mm -hmm. Like it's not just like me. Okay. I don't know if that makes me feel better or worse. (laughs) But, um, but yeah, basically I, I, I'm I'm trying to leave my retail job. Hopefully, I told myself by the end of this ninety days I need to have another job opportunity, at least to start. Um, 
but I'm trying to leave that job and having two jobs while looking for a third job is already complicated enough and the hours for the teaching job are just not, not reasonable for any other job. Because even if I worked a 9 to 5, most of these classes that I would teach would be 3.30 or 4.30. Mm-hmm. So that that don't work. Nor. And I'm not trying to go to a brand new job and be like, yeah, I can't work this, this, and this, and this. Because then they're going to be like, okay, well, we don't want you. So Yeah. Um, so yeah, other than that, I've just been working. Uh, I went to a swap meet last Friday, a clothes swap. Or not last Friday, last Saturday, after the pod. That's why I forgot to post the vi- the the pod last week because I met my friend Alex came in and I just like completely blanked. <clears throat> she let us all down. Well, it's fine. Um. So yeah, I got some free clothes. I got rid of some clothes that I was holding on to for no reason. Um. And I got some free clothes. I got some new Levi's that I'm wearing now. I got some some things for Chloe. One thing for Chloe. One thing for Chloe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all good stuff. That's about it. Going back to like the kids that you're teaching right now. Did I send you the TikTok? I literally saw it yesterday. It's this little girl and she's like got a bad haircut. Like she did it to herself. And I guess her grandma is like trying to record it to send it to her mom. And the little girl's just like, yeah, okay. This looks like a four-year-old girl. And then she, like, flicks off the camera at one point. Yeah. And the grandma's like, that's not nice. Like, I'm, and she's like, then don't send it. Don't send it. Yeah. And then she's like, okay, whatever, bye. And I'm like, girl, you are four years old. Yeah. And you're already talking like this? That people... is literally how those little kids are talking yeah. to me. People in the comments were like, ooh, have fun with this one in, like, ten years. I was like, ee. Yeah, no, uh, I don't know if they're exposed to, to too much media or if being at home for multiple years of their like early life did things to their brain, mm-hmm. but someone needs to do a study on this. Yeah, because it's it's rough, at least yeah. for me, like it would I had one. I had two very different classes. My Wednesday class, they would simply just not care. Mm hmm. And I would have, it was set in a cafeteria, so I would have teachers coming by, like, to drop off students at the front office and things like that, and they would, like, quiet down or be, like, hushed by these teachers, Um, and then two seconds later, they'd they'd not care. I even had, like, one of the last few classes, one of the teachers literally sat in the class, and they were still just, like, they did not care. Mm. I had one of them be like, oh, this is not my teacher. She just teaches hip-hop. But, like, she doesn't, like, she didn't see me as an authority. So I'm like, this is why y'all don't listen to me. And then the second class, all they wanted to do was frickin' read. And then they got in trouble by the librarian. And then I was like, haha, you guys can't read. (laughs) So you have to actually dance and not complain about it. Um, And the last class that I had with them... I was like, I'm going to make you guys color because I don't feel like teaching more dance. So I like I made them do uh, the dance that I taught them like two times and they played some freeze dance and then we just colored for the rest of class. And the two two of the little girls, they wanted to keep my drawings. So I gave it to them. (laughs) 
Well, today we are bringing you the gift of knowledge. Um, I don't know, I came up with... We, very loosely we. Yeah, very loose we on that. Um, I don't know, I came up with this, like, idea, because I asked Gabby, I was like, what do you want to do this week? She's like, I don't know, as per usual. Mm-hmm. And so I have this idea where both of us, we're going to pick a movie, and then we're going to give you, like, a brief rundown of this movie, the plot, all that, blah, blah, blah. And then we'll pick, like, something random from this movie. Like, the example I used for Gabby was, like, if I chose Back to the Future and, you know, the scene where Michael J. Fox is, like, playing rock and roll music for them and they're all like, whoa, like, never heard this before. And then you would do a deep dive into the subject of, like, rock and roll music being taboo and seen as, like, devil music and all that. Just a reminder, Chloe gave us, like, two days for this. Okay. And I did not have the time to do okay especially because she said pick a movie and i'm thinking like watch a new movie so i started a new movie and i haven't even finished the movie and that's why i haven't even had time to do nothing else wow it's okay um so yeah do you want me to get started okay so the movie that i have chosen for today is the mitchells versus the machines yes you've seen this one right yes okay so, I haven't seen this movie since it, like, first came out, but all I remember is that I loved it, it was incredible, and it would have been my pick for the Oscar Best Animated Feature that year, but that went to Encanto. Um, so, yeah, I haven't seen this since it came out, so I was, like, literally on the couch last night watching The Mitchells vs. the Machines in 14 minutes, and I I've suddenly reabsorbed the plot. I remembered it. Mm-hmm. So it's basically this girl, I think her name is Katie, and she's going to college, and her passion is making, like, these really creative YouTube videos, like, good pug, good, I don't know, something about her pug being, like, a good cop, bad cop situation, and they're, like, really popular online, and her brother, he's, like, younger than her, like, loves the videos, too, and they, like, make it together, and that's what they bond over, Mm -hmm. and her dad um just doesn't really get it he doesn't really get the whole internet thing like the creativity behind it he's like he literally because she's like oh you want to see my new video and he's like yeah sure and he watches it and he's like i don't get it and he's like you're gonna like make money off of this because i guess she's going to school for like film and all that and she's like wow you don't even believe in me and that causes some tension and so he kind of is like thinking back on like their relationship when she was a lot younger and everything And he's getting all sad and nostalgic because she's about to be flying out to college in like a couple days. So the morning that she's supposed to like wake up to be on her flight, he's like, I canceled your plane tickets. The whole family is taking a cross country road trip to drop you off at college. And she's like, bruh, no, I don't want to do that. Um, And so the whole family gets in the car. They do all like the touristy trap destinations, all that good stuff. Meanwhile, in the background, there is this guy voiced by Eric Andre. And um, really, you didn't know that? Yeah, Eric Andre is in this movie. And he's in he's like backstage with this like really smart smartphone. And she's got like a little smiley face voiced by Olivia Coleman, queen. And um, 
he's like, wow, I'll never forget you. You've done so great, such amazing things for us. And then he gets out on stage and he's like, this is a thing of the past and chucks her backstage. So that's her villain origin story right there. And he introduces these new robots that are like supposed to like live in the family and be super smart and all this. And so, um, yeah, then this iPhone, her name is Pal. She turns evil and she wants to destroy humanity as one does. So anyways, they're in this like dinosaur tourist trap back with the family and all of a sudden there's like robots attacking and they're taking all the humans and they have to save them. And um, so yeah, all the like humans are captured except for the Mitchells. The whole thing behind them is that they're like one of the most clumsy, goofy, wacky, weird, nobody gets them type of families and they have a rival of like this perfect family. And of course, the perfect family gets captured because they just are not that great. So the whole thing of the movie is like, we are the Mitchells. We're not like regular people. We can get through this. And there's two robots that they like malfunction because they can't, the dog can't tell if, or they can't tell if the dog is a pig of something or a loaf of bread. So it confuses them, makes them short circuit and all that. And these two are voiced by Fred Armisen and Beck Bennett. Love, love, love. Um, and they're just so goofy, goofy little robots. They scribble like human faces on themselves with lipstick. They think they're human and they're like, yeah, the way to stop this is you need to get the kill code and you'll like end this all. So they go to this mall because it's got the kill code there apparently. And they like, all of a sudden there's Furbies and they get attacked by the Furbies and there's a giant Furby. (laughs) This is like a whole fight scene. And, um... They leave the mall, they have the kill code, something happens with the kill code where it doesn't work, so now they're at, like, the final showdown where they have, like, all the humans trapped and they have this plan that they're going to disguise themselves as the robots and make their way up there, and then something happens with, oh, so she had given her dad, like, this pep talk in the dinosaur shop and was like, I believe in you, we can make it out of this, blah, 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 and the brother's like, wow, that was really nice of you, and she's like, I didn't believe a word that I just said, and somehow, like, Pal recorded this and plays it for her dad, and he, like, loses faith in himself and, like, stumbles, and she's able to find them, yeah, and then, so everyone is captured except for Katie and her little brother, and the dad, like, escapes because he has a Phillips screwdriver or something, (laughs) And then they, um, so they also had, like, this talent show song where it's the one Rihanna song where it's, like, Maya he, Maya ha. You know that one? So live your life. Yo. Hey. Yeah, that one. And, um, that's, like, their song they bonded over. So they have, like, a whole fight sequence where they're, like, dancing to and singing to that song. They save the world. They save humanity. The end... And yeah, it's a really good movie. I love it. It's definitely coming out of that era of like how Spider-Verse kind of changed the game of animation style. And it's just very creative with its animation. Love it. I definitely want to watch it again after all of this. But from all that I've just told you, Gabby, can you guess what I'm about to talk about today? No. You have no clue? No, girl. You should have known that today... You're going to talk about... I'm talking about Furbies. (laughs) Now, if you don't know me, I have loved and collected Furbies since I was 10 years old. I'll tell you the origin right now. 
I don't know what made me think of it, but I was at my grandma's house one day and um, on Sundays I would like ask to play on the computer because I didn't have internet at home. And so I'm sitting there and Google is in front of me and what do I Google? I Googled Furbies. I don't know why. And all of a sudden I fell down that rabbit hole of Furbies. Yeah. Something bit you. I think there's like spiders in my bed low key. Oh. I think having, I'm going to say this real quick. I think getting the carpet removed from my room, they didn't like fill back out Mm -hmm. the bottom of the door Mm -hmm. to outside. Mm -hmm. And I've been seeing creepy crawlers in my room (laughs) for weeks. And um, like the other day I had a pair of socks rolled up in my bed and I'm like, oh, let me put these on. And I open them up and a little spider crawls out. And Did you see the big old spider we have out front? No. It's big. And then there was a big old... Then Stink was chasing the spider, and I turned on the light. It looked prehistoric. It was like bright freaking orange. I went like... Tsh! But, yeah. Dang. I need to get some bud stuff. Yeah. Get some peppermint oil. Spiders don't like it. Um, And put that, like, around your... Windows. Windows and doors. <laughs> I don't know why I'm dying right now. Um, but yeah, anyways, I googled Furbies and it was history from there. Um, if you ever want to find me on Poptropica or anything, my username is always going to be FurbyLover3661 because I got that from Moshi Monsters. R.I.P. Moshi Monsters. Anyways, I have a pretty good collection. I'm gonna run through it super duper quick. I have two Furby babies, two of the, um, generation two of the 1998 furbies um i have two of the 2012 reboots and i have one of the furby booms that's like oh i also have the santa furby from 1998 i have a bunch of mcdonald's toys i have one of the furby plushes from 1990s i have keychains i have a finger puppet i have got what's the most bestest one What's my favorite Furby? No, the bestest one. Oh, yeah. We took a McDonald's toy, and a couple years ago, I was Danny from Midsummer for Halloween, and Gabby was Adam Sandler's character from Uncut Gems. Uncut Gems. And um, I let her take one of my McDonald's Furbies, and we spray-painted it and bedazzled it and custom-made the... By we. I mean, she. she. Me. Yeah, I supervised. She, we, yeah, I literally remember, um, cause we spray painted it gold. On my front porch. Uh-huh. And, and then. Definitely left residue. Yeah. And then I had bought like, like the legit like Swarovski mm-hmm. crystal. Cause I wanted it to look good. Like I did, you know, cause she do. But you know, when gems look like plasticky. Yeah. I still had, I used some plasticky ones to like fill in like little holes. That was fine. But most of it is like. Swarovski crystals Mm -hmm. and she slays I remember sitting there I was in my online my three-hour online English writing class lord I mean it wasn't a bad class it was fiction writing so I wish I took that class yeah it was nice but I I sat there and I uh e6000 bedazzled (laughs) this freaking Furby and I'm like sitting there trying not to laugh because obviously I'm like I have a Furby in my lap and it was starting to look so good and come together, and I was like, yes! <laughs> but yeah, that, that one is cool, and I claimed it as my own, so I have him. But yeah, I love Furbies, love them, will always love them, will always cherish them. Um, so let's get into it. 
I first want to answer um, what is a Furby? And a lot of people agree that it's definitely inspired by like a cross between a hamster and an owl. And it's definitely likely inspired by Gizmo from the beautiful movie Gremlins. Which I just learned there is a Gizmo Furby. Yeah, I can't believe she didn't know that. That is something. How the hell would I know that? You're not deep in the lore like me, I guess. No. (laughs) Yeah, Gizmo Furby is definitely one I want to have in my clutches. Um, Tiger Electronics was the company behind the Furby, and basically the designer of it was kind of um, chasing the success of the Tamagotchi from the 90s, but he said one of the main complaints and one of the main things that Tamagotchi was lacking was that you weren't actually able to pet this pet. So from there, he was inspired to create the Furby. Um, the Furbies, they are little creatures that when you first get them, they speak pretty much only their language called Furbish, which is where they say like, ka nene and all this kind of stuff. (laughs) And, um, yeah. And as you play with them, the more you play with them, the more English they learn. And yeah, they operate with the OG AI. They were learning. Um, they operate with a light sensor in their forehead, so you can cover it up and they'll be like, Oh, dark, scared. They really say that. I know they do. He has a tilt sensor, so again, you can flip him upside down. They do not like that, and they'll be like, Ah, ah. And then they also have touch sensors on their stomach and their back. Um, here, I'm going to have Gabby entertain y'all for a second. I'm actually going to go grab something. I'm entertaining. I'm entertaining y'all. I'm currently doing my makeup because I gotta go to work after this. We <clears throat> we are recording this the morning of the pod um, yes. because last night we were like, nah. It's hard. It's harder now that I'm back at work because I'll be getting home at like eight eight plus at night, and we just are like dead. It's all dead. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went to go grab. This actually came in perfect timing. I I swear I didn't plan this. I swear I didn't, but I just happened to remember that I had this book. I purchased, this is an addition to my collection, I purchased the official trainer's guide, like, before I went to trial, so it came in the mail. And... We were at trial. We were on yeah. when you bought it. I was at trial. I don't remember. But anyways, the origin of Furbies is they are cute lovable creatures that according to legend dropped from earth or dropped to earth from the clouds to spread fun and joy isn't that just cute furbies came from the clouds queens um so yeah let's keep it going the origins of furby they came from the clouds as we know were packaged and given out and distributed by our good friends at tiger electronics in 1998 and there was Furby fever. Y'all hear about the Cabbage Patch dolls. Y'all hear about Tamagotchi. Like, every Christmas there would be that toy that, like, everybody would get in fist fights over yeah. to get. And Furby was one of them. And I actually read in my Furby handbook that over 14 million were sold just in 1999. That is crazy. And I want to say in the first three years that Furbies were out, about 40 million units were sold. 
And so people would go out and they would just buy these things up and auction them. This was around the time the internet is just taking off. So they were introduced to online auctions. Some were going for as high as like $300. And a lot of places, now this was kind of smart, they would buy them and then they would auction them off for charity. So you would see like some charity websites. And so let's get into what the Furby can do. So they have basic functions. So they blink their lips. I can't even talk right now. Blink their lips. Blink their lips. Um, the Furbies are, that's what kind of set them apart because there weren't a lot of toys out there that could do as much as a Furby could do at the time. And of course, we didn't have like, we didn't have no iPad. We didn't have no, no iPhone. So you couldn't just download no app to do all this. Um, but they have some basic functions such as blinking their eyes. They could wiggle their ears. They can talk to you. They can even interact with other Furbies through their infrared tech in their forehead. So yeah, literally, if you like place a Furby across from another Furby, they'll talk to each other. It's so cute. And they also respond to touch and sound. So if you clap really loudly, they'll be like, oh, me scared. Um, so there are... So what I'm hearing is that they're a bunch of little bitches. No. Um, there's also, according to my trainer's guide, you can play a lot of games with them. So, oh, you are also able to feed them via their little tongue in their mouth. And once you feed them too much, they'll burp. They're so goofy for that. <laughs> you can play hide and go seek with your Furby. You can play Furby says, which is basically like Simon says. And there's many other things you can do. Furby will sing for you. Furby will pretend he's a rooster. Yeah. Love those little guys. They're so goofy. Um, so there's many generations of Furbies because the Furby just keeps coming back. He he goes to sleep and they I guess they have to grow in the clouds for a bit and then they just drop them down when they're ready, you know? Yeah, like the rain cycle. Yeah. <laughs> so, in 1998, we got the original Furbies, which um, they, I believe it was in six colors originally, and they actually held a retirement party for those six colors once they released the next batch. So, I have none from, like, the original six, but I have two of the giraffe pattern Furbies from the second batch, and one is mute, but he moves. He's was just he always mute? Yeah, he was always mute. So that's yeah, one thing I have a family member that he like loves to go to garage sales and if you like tell him that you need a toaster, he will show up to your house with like 64 toasters from garage sales. So shout out to Uncle Byron for getting me like three Furbies from garage sales, but yeah, he was one of them and he is like mute. So he Joe He's Joe Byron. He's quirky. Um, then in 1999, we got the introduction of Furby Babies. These are just smaller versions of the Furbies. They talk Furbish as well, and they also have a little bit of baby talk. So they'll say like Baba and stuff like that. Um, that one, yeah. This was actually the first Furby I ever got. One lady at my elementary school, because my mom worked there too, she heard that I like was into Furbies and she, I think her sister had like one in her basement or something. So she sold me this Furby baby. It was brand new in the box and it's pink, baby pink. And I put batteries inside and it didn't work and I was really sad. 
And the lady at the work was so nice. She was, I think her name was Miss Dempsey, I think. No, that was not Miss Dempsey. I don't remember. But um, she was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Like, I'll give you your money back and I can just take it or whatever. And I was like, no, like, girly, I'm already attached to this baby. She ain't going nowhere. Um, 2001 brought about our Furby friends, which was the Shelby Furby. And this was like a little Furby shaped like a shellfish or something like that. I want to get one of these in my collection. Have not found one. 2005 brings across a nightmare. These are the Emototronic Furbies with legs and they could walk. I don't have any of these and I do not ever want any of these. I think they're ugly and I'm not a fan of these Furbies. Uh, two, 2005 also brought about Emototronic Furby babies and these are even creepier. Um, then in 2012, this was about the time that I was like getting really into Furbies. So I remember my mom came in my room one morning and was like, Chloe, they're bringing Furbies back. And I started crying because <laughs> I was really excited. Um, so these brought about the 2012 generation of Furbies. And these, with smartphone technology, they had an app where you could literally like feed them pizza and stuff like that and play games with them. Why is like pizza their thing? Well, who doesn't like pizza? That's so millennial. I don't know. Leave him alone. Er, tacos. <laughs> Taco Tuesday. Slay. Um, I think I want some tacos. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm feeling a little silly. Let's get some tacos. Um, it is my cheat day today. I guess I'll get some chili tacos. Chili tacos? I don't know. But, um, yeah, so this was like pretty cool i remember having the app the app is not on the app store anymore so how am i supposed to feed my furbies um but gen z wants to cancel eminem <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um it wasn't just pizza that you could feed them they had a wide variety of foods that you could and so yeah i have I only asked this because i sent you did you see the new furby i sent you i did i'm getting to him and they have a little pizza yeah yeah, I don't know why you can only feed him pizza, but um, I have the purple one from this generation and my brother also got the black one because I think we both got them for Christmas and then he was like, yeah, I'm done with this boy. So he is in my possession now. Um, then 2013 brought about Furby Boom, which was just like wild patterns and I have a pink polka dot one of this. And then 2013, we got Furblings, which are like teeny tiny little Furbies that would interact with the Furbies from 2012 and 2013. Um, and I do have one of these. It's a little pink one. And this is the only one that I'm convinced is a little bit possessed because um, he would be on my bookshelf when I was younger and it would be at night. And like, I think he was very motion sensitive because any little motion would just make this thing rock and he'd be like, Haha, <laughs> time to party. And I'm like, uh, no, not right now. <laughs> so I had to take the batteries out of him because he freaked me out a little bit. Um, 2016 brought about Furby Connect, which I had no idea about this generation and I do not have it. And now we are here in 2023 for almost the 25th anniversary of Furbies. No, maybe it is. Yeah, it's the 25th anniversary of Furbies. So they brought back a new Furby which I'm not too crazy about the design and I also don't like that he has no tail and no ability to move his mouth. That's kind of weird what y'all did there. Um, 
and he's going to be released on July 15th, but he is still very cute. They definitely designed him to be suitable for this generation, like, yeah. all the, like, LOL surprise, mm, like, very yeah, chibi, yeah. very chibi, very, like, cartoony, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Because, like we said, this generation of children, they're something else, mm-hmm. and I think they would be very frightened by the original Furby design. Yeah. I love him. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, let's, the cultural impact, you know, like, Furby, he is, he is here to stay, um, literally, like, you can't get away from him, like, the Mitchells versus Machines came out in 2021, and they have this big giant Furby as, like, a major part of the movie, and, like, just, he's pop culture icon, Slay Queen, Yas, um, Yas and Slay, and Yas, and Yas, and Slay. Um, but let's get into some Furby fun facts. Forty. Hey, Fort. Um, one thing that I did learn from my book yesterday, and we, me and Gabby both agreed was pretty slay, is that they had, like, a Q&A section on the Furbies, and it said, how do I tell if my Furby is a boy or a girl? And this book said that Furbies are, like, angels, and they don't actually go into either boy or girl. So... All, the yeah, Furbies kind of just go with a little bit of both. So, isn't that just so slay? Um, there were a lot of Furby safety concerns when they came out. So, the FAA worried that they would disrupt flight equipment, that their infrared technology would, like, mess up flight equipment and cause plane crashes. So, you were not allowed to bring them on board airplanes or you had to take the batteries out. Um, the NSA worried that they could be used as spies or that they would repeat things heard around them. Now, here's the thing about Furbies is that you can talk to them, but they will not, like, actually listen to you. <laughs> like, they're they're not hearing you. They're not processing your words. They also are not recording. Um, so, I think um, Tiger Electronics had to put out a statement that was like, listen, like, no. <laughs> um the Navy also banned them for security concerns, which I'm like, who's bringing a Furby onto a Navy vessel? But okay. Um, also, a woman in Maryland received a really suspicious package on her porch. So she called the police and they called in the bomb squad. And when they opened it up, it was just a Furby inside. <laughs> and they were also banned from some hospitals because they thought that their infrared stuff would interfere with some of the hospital equipment. And just a fun fact, Furbies were originally $35, and now they're like 70 bucks. Like the new ones? Yeah, that's crazy. Um, also, a lot of parents were concerned that they're, the Furbies were teaching their kids like bad words, but once again, Tiger's like, no, babes, like they cannot, they already have like set programmed English inside of them. They're not about to say the F word to your kid. Um, and then a lot of people were thinking, like, the technology was so advanced in Furbies that they would develop them eventually to, um, drive cars <laughs> and operate space shuttles in the future. <laughs> this was just the technology at the time. And also there were rumors going around that the Furbies were made out of real cat fur or real dog fur, which, like, if you pet a Furby, like, babes, you can tell, you can tell that that ain't real. Yeah. She's artificial. Yeah. 
Um, and then also Warner Brothers did issue a lawsuit over the Gremlins similarity. Oh, really? They did because they were like, now wait a dang second. But they actually ended on really good terms, which re- led to the development of the Gizmo Furby. So they said besties. And there is just such a loving community today. Obviously me. Um, Gabby, you want to tell them what you got for me for my birthday? Or we've we've already talked about that on here. Yeah, we have. My Furby with the stripper legs, stripper legs. <laughs> t-shirt. Um, yeah, so there's still to this day so many collectors. Like you go online and you can see people with all their goofy Furbies. All of mine are currently at my mom's house. Because I just don't have any room for them here. But they're all proudly on display mm-hmm. in a shelf. They are all there. Um, also, there's like people... There's some niche communities. So there's like the long Furby communities. Where they make yeah. these really long plush versions of Furbies. Cursed Furbies. Cursed Furbies. And then there's also people that do like custom Furbies. So they'll like take out their eyes and make them like all pretty and pearlescent. They'll like give them custom fur. What about the big bean Furby? Oh, yeah. I forgot about that girl. There's a girl that will um, do, like, molds, and then she'll make, like, a Furby that looks like he's made out of baked beans or worms or flesh. flesh. Yeah. I want one of those really bad. Yeah. But, yeah, that's that's the rundown on Furbies, and I love them, and I think everybody should love Furbies. <laughs> Um, so for my movie, like I said earlier, I did not finish it, and I haven't seen this movie in a while, so I can't tell you how it ends, but I was halfway through it. I was even watching it on the bus, so that shows that I'm trying, mm-hmm. but I, when you said this topic, I had started watching Juno, so I'm like, okay, I'll just do Juno. I had an inkling that this was your movie, because somehow my HBO switched to your profile on my iPad and I saw you were watching Juno and I was like, hmm. So yeah. Um if I you I kind of remember the ending, so maybe I can help you. Well don't tell me because I'm gonna yeah. watch it later. Oh okay, then never mind. I don't <laughs> All I can say is it made me ball my eyes out. Well okay. Yeah. Um so essentially um if you haven't seen Juno, I watched it like very, very young. I think my mom showed it to me and my sibling to be like a anti-pregnancy promoter and we were like girl what we're not doing nothing <laughs> um but it stars Elliot Page which watching it now after his transition is very interesting because like i mean a lot of the characters that Elliot played were never that kind of like feminine yeah so it was interesting cuz there was like one part after Juno tells her, um, her parents that she's pregnant, freaking uh, We Are Farmers goes like, I didn't think you were that kind of girl, Juno. Mm. And her line is, I don't know what kind of girl I am. And I was like, mm. hmm, interesting. You know, Elliot and one of them girls in the movie were hooking up. Were, <laughs> were they? Yeah. I didn't know that. I just bought the memoir. And I haven't started reading it, but apparently that's a story in the memoir. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, basically, the main plot of Juno is this uh, Juno has sex for the first time with uh, Michael, Michael Sarah, Sarah. 
which I I like. His last name is Bleaker, but he gets called Bleak, and mm-hmm. his personality is quite bleak. Yeah. Um, yes, and then so she she has first first and only time having sex, she gets pregnant. Um, she goes and drinks a whole thing of Sunny D, <laughs> and who was at the cash register? Who was that? I was like, oh, he's in this movie? Not Bill Hader. Not Bill Hader? Is it Bill Hader? I don't know. Is it Bill Hader? I feel like it is. Me, 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 Oh, yeah. Because yep. um, she's buying the pregnancy test. Yep. And <clears throat> basically, she took like three or four pregnancy tests. And it was like for real that she was pregnant. Um, girl, <clears throat> I just watched Chloe wipe chocolate off of her fingers with her sock. You're almost as worse as your brother using mm-hmm. his leg hair <laughs> as freaking napkins. Um... <clears throat> but essentially, she decides she wants to have an abortion. Um, she goes to the abortion clinic, and what did they name her? It's one of her classmates. Ho Ho Chin? No. Mm. Su Chin. I was close. Mm-hmm. Su Chin is outside protesting abortions, saying that babies want to be born. Um. And then I, I really like this little um, short little monologue that Juno goes into mm-hmm. about, like, the whole process of it. And there, there was, like, a point where she was like, you get, like, there's this girl that, like, went psychotic and, like, started to scream and blah, blah, blah. And Su Chin's like, wasn't that you? <laughs> <laughs> and she was like, yeah. Anyways, but one of the things that Su Chin says was that her baby probably has fingernails by now. Mm-hmm. And when she goes inside to get this abortion, um, there was a whole lot of, like, fingernail audio. Like, she was just hyper aware. Yeah, it. and it was, like, gross. Like, in Spanish, we say dentera when it's, like... When, like, the sounds or feeling of something, like, you can feel it in your teeth almost. Ooh. Like, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. Like, when you scratch your nail on a, on something and you're I like, hate, Ugh. I yeah. hate it so much. So that's called dentera in Spanish. And so this whole bit was, like, she could f- see people, like, picking at her nails or scratching or, like, filing. And so that, like, freaked her out. And she's like, I'm going to keep this baby. This is where she goes and tells her mom and dad, played by J.K. Sim- well, mom and dad, dad and stepmom, by J.K. J.K. Simmons, and Allison Janey. Uh, <clears throat> this is they their reaction to it. At least to me, was like surprising. Like they were definitely disappointed, but not like. You're kicked out of the house yeah. and you're going to go yeah. live in a yeah. uh, home for unwed mothers. At this point, Juno and her friend had already decided that they were going to s- basically sell the baby, just give it away to a family. 
Um, they found an ad in the Penny Saver. Um, and then Juno and her dad go and meet this couple, played by Michael Booth, <laughs> Mr. Jason Bateman, and Jennifer Garner. Don't leave me here! And Miss Jennifer Garner. Slay. Slay. Miss, okay, Miss uh, Neutrogena commercials. Miss 30 going on, 13 going on 30. Yup. Um, and their little... Their little marriage dynamic is from the beginning shows a little a little weird because Juno was like I'm glad I found the ad in the Penny Saver and Jennifer Garner's like Oh you found you found us in the Penny Saver like obviously like the husband's doing stuff like behind her back yeah um they have a full lawyer present which we find out later it's because they went through a situation before that they didn't get the baby. Um, and so they have a lawyer there to, like, make sure that, you know, everyone is on board and will decide to, you know, go through with giving away the baby. Juno, you know, admits that she's not in it for the money or anything. She just wants the baby to have a good home. Um, and in the beginning, we already are starting to see a weird dynamic between Mm -hmm. the husband and Juno. Um, Get away from her! Yes. Big time. Um, We see them, she goes up to the bathroom, but instead of using the bathroom, she starts finagling with uh, the wife's things, spraying the perfume on herself, things like that. And the husband comes up and finds her and is like, are you, are you good in there? And she's like, yeah, I stole some perfume. Are you going to kill me? He's like, no. Then they start bonding over the fact that he, they're into the same kind of music. Because he's got like a, his whole music room. And then they start sitting in there playing guitar. And the wife comes in and is like, What's what are y'all doing? Um, they go back down. Then Juno's, you know, they they go through, like, the pregnancy really quick. At least, I'm only halfway through, and she's already showing a lot. Um, basically, she's still crushing pretty hard on Mr. Bleak. Bleak's mom is not the biggest fan of Juno because she's different, as most of these movies back in the day would go. Um, and... Bleak is funny because he's like doesn't want to be involved but also doesn't not want to be involved and you know it's like that weird like teenage you know hookup we weren't really anything but now I have to be like involved in your life yeah (laughs) so so they they seemed to have like been friends before but not necessarily anything crazy and he kind of, like, puts off that he's not that interested into her, but he, like, kept her panties from that night that they did the deed. Um, and, yeah, essentially, the last thing I saw of their interaction was she was going to get an ultrasound, and he was like, oh, should I go with... She's like, no, you're, no, you're good. Go ahead go hang out with your friends, like, it's okay, and he's like, okay, she goes, gets this ultrasound, the, the ultrasound technician is a little bit of a biatch, she, because they said something about, um, them having adoptive parents, 
or because oh because she was like do you want to know the sex and she's like no Vanessa and Mark I don't I want them to be surprised and if you tell me I'm just gonna tell them and so the technician was like oh are Vanessa and Mark your friends at school and she's like no they're the adoptive parents they're gonna take the baby and the technician goes like well that's good and they're all like what do you mean that's good? And she's like, well, I've seen how poisonous a re- of a home it could be for teenage mothers and their children. And that's when stepmama goes off. She's like, she's like, well, what if these adoptive parents are actually secretly molesters? And they're going to do a worse job than my, my stepdaughter here can do. And she was like, uh, the technician was like, uh, uh, and, the, and then the stepmom's like, what's your title? She's like, I'm an ultrasound technician. And she's like, well, I'm a nail technician. So let's just stay in our lanes, okay? Mm-hmm. And that was a pretty slay, slay queen moment. Then Juno goes over to the adoptive parents' house, but Vanessa is not home. And so her and Mark are just bonding, um, which is, like, weird. It's, like, weird bonding. It should definitely not be the way that, that it's happening um, because Juno is a teenager and you're a victim. Mark is a grown man. Um, and they're like watching these gory horror movies. And at one point, Juno's like, "This is better than Suspiria." And I was like, "Slay, Suspiria, slay." <laughs> um, and then she goes back home, and her stepmom's like, "You cannot just be going over to their house like that." Mm-mm. And that's the last thing I saw. Oh, okay. So you don't want me to get into that? Nah. Okay, then I'm not nah. gonna say nothing. Nah, I really don't remember how it ends at all. So I just want to watch it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's half of Juno for you. Now I didn't do any research at all, but I'm gonna Google it right now as I talk. Um, because if you've seen Juno, or even if you turn on Juno for ten seconds, one of the first things you're gonna see is a recliner chair. So I'm going to get into the re- the history of recliner chairs. Oh my chairs. god. <laughs> um Wayfair, you got just what I need. Well, now you're making me think of my sectional skit. Your sectional skit, yep. So while while she's pulling that up, I have, I've, as I've said many times, I'm a SNL girly, which actually me and Gabby are about to go see Miss Sarah Sherman in September. By force. Yeah, I'm forcing her to come with me. It, she's so funny. I love her. But anyways, um, I have a favorite SNL skit and uh, it does star Mr. Louis CK. Nice. I can look past that, but it is my favorite SNL skit. It is the stupidest skit in the entire world. Look up sectionals SNL on YouTube right now. And I've seen it like a million trillion times. I've made Gabby see it a million trillion times. And it's just so funny. It's stupid. It's this guy with a warehouse commercial and he's just talking about sectionals and there's like a recliner and all that. So I'm gonna let you get into your recliner history. So the recliner has a lot of importance in Juno because that is where... She, um, committed coitus. (laughs) I don't know why I said it like that. sin of coitus. Yes. Um, according to Wikipedia, 
A recliner is an armchair or sofa that reclines when the occupant lowers the chair's back and raises its front. It has a backrest that can be tilted back and often a footrest that may be extended by means of a lever on the side of the chair or may extend automatically when the back is reclined. Now, I don't know about you. I never had a recliner in my home, but... Sometimes your rich friends be having recliners, and sometimes they're fancy, and they're electric, and you just... You remember the one at my dad's house that used to be my papa's? And that, since it was my since it was my step-grandfather's, and he had a hard time standing up, it not only reclined back, but it also reclined, or inclined forward so that it helped. There's actually a healthcare fraud case going on right now. I think it's already over, but um, yeah, it is over. A doctor was selling people these reclining chairs that would, like, help them stand up. And, like, the picture looked like a nice, like, lazy boy thing. And then it shows up and it's this stupid, like, metal rod device that looks nothing like a recliner. So he got committed for fraud. We got him, boys. Um, but yeah, there's a video of me using this stupid recliner and just, like, slowly oh, sliding oh, off the front of it. Yeah, that. Chloe has that. That was funny. Um, the history... Around 1850, the French introduced a reclining camp bed that could serve as a chair. I did not know it went that far back. A, a bed and a chaise lounge. On the chaise lounge, on the chaise lounge, on the chaise lounge, all day long, on the chaise lounge. Um, oh, oh, oh. Issued in 1928, it was patented by Lazy Boy. Um, and in 1930, um, these two American cousins patented an upholstered model with a mechanical movement. Um, these chairs, uh, oh, interesting. In 1959, a man by the name of Daniel F. Kaldemeyer patented a recliner of his own, um, and his designs of cha- different designs of chairs that he had created were used by the U.S. Air Force and NASA for seats like Mercury, Gemini, and Apollo. His chairs were used in the ready room for these missions and can be seen in the movie of Apollo 13. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty, pretty interesting, pretty slay. The Secret Service bought 50 of his chairs for president lbj as a christmas gift (laughs) um and there's a life magazine photo of mr lbj or yeah of lbj post gallbladder surgery um and he's lifting his shirt to show the scar while sitting in one of these chairs the president's seal was embossed on these chairs with one currently in the smithsonian institution I know, I haven't. And another at the LBJ Library and Museum. There's over, uh, yeah. Let's see the variants. So the variants of arm, <laughs> armchair, uh, or of uh, recliners. Um, we, I, th- there's images on on w- Wikipedia. There's this one that's like when you have the bougie airline, uh, or like train seats. This one's from a Japanese bus, a premium class of Japanese bus. I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, 
It does not extend all the way backwards to, you know, not disturbed those behind, but it'll kind of like scooch a little bit back. Um, and then there's like, you know, the OGs. This one's a riser armchair raised and tilted forward. That's the one that I was talking about. Traditional home recliners are generally intended to be large immobile objects that never move and must be dragged or carried to be moved. Uh, Now home furniture manufacturers produce thick padded leather or overstuffed fabric recliners with casters. Which, uh, yeah, okay. That was just the citation. (laughs) They're designed for like medical settings Things like that. Um, medical recliners often have like accessory hooks or arm trays, tray tables, things like that to help, you know, however the, I almost said client. What am I looking for? Patient, Patient may need. <clears throat> then there's wall hugger recliners. These are used for apartments um, because they save space. A wall hugger recliner can be positioned a few centimeters uh, clearance between the wall and only reclines forward. Um, This is achieved by utilizing gliding mechanisms underneath the seat. So instead of the back going back, like the whole thing swings forward. Um, So that the back of the recliner never gets any closer to the wall, thus ensuring efficient usage of space. And then there's riser armchairs. Like we said, these are used for elderly people or people with limited mobility that help them stand up. Let's see the ergonomic, er, ergonomics. Nah, never mind. Um, yeah, as regal movie girlies and as movie girlies in general, we use, um, recliners a lot at the movie theater. I think it's pretty psychotic when people decide not to use the recliner at or the they movie theater. Take off their shoes and put it oh, on that the that hold on, that's sh- that's different. Um, yeah, like there's one thing. Okay, if you don't want to go all the ba- all the way back, that's fair. Honestly, sometimes I probably shouldn't be going all the way back because I'd be knocking myself out. Yeah. I'd be like, Shh, you know. But like to sit completely straight up the at the movie theater. Especially when, like, everyone else next to you is, like, leaned back. Yeah. I would simply lean back out of peer pressure, (laughs) if that were me. Um, but yes, the only, only, only slight downside with this comes with, um, people's feet hanging off the recliner when you have to walk through. Yeah. Now, a true, um, sensible person of the movie community, they will turn in their feet or bend their legs in any way to to kind of yeah accommodate for people walking through a jerk off jackass will not move their feet and just expect you to squeeze on yeah and not touch their dirty stinky feet yeah um we've seen people take their shoes off at the movie theater some people bring just have their pillow and blanket in there yeah there's 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 a lot of, like, people would just be doing too much. Mm-hmm. Now, what I do enjoy about leather recliner seats in movie theaters 
is I have a huge fear of bed bugs due to a history with bed bugs. And I remember seeing like so many videos of like people at getting bed bugs at the movie theater. That shit is nasty. nasty. Grody. Um, obviously these recliners aren't like the highest of quality. You'll probably remember one of our first posts on the Haters Film Club Instagram was one of the recliners I had at the movie theater one time, and that bitch was broken. Mm-hmm. But she did her job. She you just know, goes, <coughs> she was just a little bumpy ride. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. In comparison, the when we went to see Alamo Draft House, their seats don't go too far back. Yeah. Which, which is nice. Which is, I mean, meant for the, the purpose of, you know, you mainly go to Alamo Draft House for the perk of being able to eat while you're there. So there's no point of you laying all the way back because how the hell are you going to eat like that? Mm-hmm. Um, I think as well, since they need more space for waiters to come in and out uh, for people, it's a lot easier to not have the seats lean that far back so that they didn't have to, like, yeah. create so much space. Um, yeah, that's my little tidbit. That's my little, that's like my little talk for of, your info. Yeah, so now you know about reclining chairs. You're welcome. Alright, let's get into some questions. We're gonna run through these pretty quick. Um, so Bestie Nicole says dream fandom crossover slash collab. Hmm. Oh, that's tough. I need a Barbie Bratz collab. Yeah. Just like just, just get do together. It. Just do just it. Just do it. Uh I'm gonna say like uh kind of in the same vein. Maybe like Barbie Life in the Dream House mixed with like Total Drama Island. I think oh, okay. I think that could pop off. Yeah. Uh, you remember back in the day when they had like that so sweet life of Zach and, of Hannah Montana. Yeah. That was that mm-hmm. was legit stuff. That was very cool. They had the Jonas Brothers on Hannah mm-hmm. Montana. Remember? I'm Milo and I'm Otis. Otis. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bestie Nicole said, "Fave Fast and Furious movie? Cricket, None. Cricket, cricket, zero. I haven't seen any of them. I've seen the second one. I haven't." Uh, Bestie Nicole said, current hyperfixation or niche interest? Um, I already have mine. Go. Always sunny. Well, that's not current. That's it just is, always. It is current. That's just always, No, though. because, like, I go through waves with sunny, so, like, I'll be like, chirp, chirp, cricket, cricket. Right now, it is... Chirp, chirp! Chirp, chirp, Look up with the birds, birds, and the birds, words. Yeah, but anyways, Always Sunny has consumed my brain right now. Gabby can tell you. Um, I sent her some audio messages from this past week's episode. Oh my god, you guys. I can't. I really can't. Oh my god, they're, they're so in love. They're so in love. Oh, we got a like from Gloria down my 18 plus <laughs> video. <laughs> Completely a real person. Yeah. What's yours? Um, I'm really fixated on like. <sighs> oh, okay. Like clothes right now. I don't know. If yeah, it's fashion I'm, has yeah. really consumed my brain lately. Yeah. yeah. Um, and especially because I've been getting so many clothes either for free from like 
different things or from Sam. I just, I've been hyper, especially also going back to work now. Mm-hmm. I've been fitted up at work, just so y'all know. I've been looking good. If you follow my, my, like, real Instagram, you'll see my story. And I just be dressing. Mm. I just be dressing. Like ranch. <laughs> uh, Bestie Nicole says, cool fact that you've recently learned. Um, apparently you can smoke heroin. Just period? You can. Yeah, I didn't know that until this trial I had. Oh. Yeah. I didn't either. Yeah, it's a, there's a heroin pipe, and you light foil with the heroin in it, and then you smoke it through the pipe. Wow. It's called chasing the dragon. Interesting. Learn that one. Um, I don't know. I don't be learning too much. She said head empty. Yeah, no, for real. Usually. Yeah. Uh, Bestie Thomas said one-eyed cat or three-legged cat. Duh, one-eyed cat. Yeah. Yeah. She said agreed. Agreed. Bestie Thomas said, would you rather fart out of your ears or your nose? I'm gonna say ears. I'm gonna say ears, too. Yeah. Because I can't imagine, like, smelling your own fart every time you fart. Dude, this little boy farted in front of me on the bus yesterday, and that smelled like dookie shark. (laughs) You guys, I think there's a ghost in here. I'm scared. Um, Then Bestie Thomas asked, would you rather fart with everything step or burp with every word? Um, I'd rather fart with every step because yeah. sometimes I'd be doing that at work. I'd just be like walking and farting, but I just like I'm I'm sly with it. <laughs> um, best, oh my god! Bestie Thomas said, "If Farty and Stink could talk, what would their voices sound like?" Stink would sound like, "Hey everybody, how's it going?" <laughs> <laughs> I think of Stink as more like. Hypothetically, no. Because he's he definitely stupid. got like a smoker's yeah. cough. Hi, Farrah. How are you today, babes? You got me a pack of Newports. <laughs> yeah, that stink for sure. Farrah would be like, um, do you think that I could Farty have would sound some like, dinner, please? Farty would sound like Cat from Victorious. She'd be like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. that's so funny. Yeah, <laughs> that's her. That would be Farty. Uh, Bestie Calvin said, how is the Fight Club book compared to the Fight Club movie? Go ahead, Bestie. Take this one. Oh, yeah. Um, have so, you seen Fight Club? Of course I fucking Okay, have. okay, okay. I didn't want to spoil anything for you. Um, so I did just read Fight the, Club. The bacon! The bacon soap! Yeah. Actually, in the book, that might be the difference. Um, in the book, they get the fat from Marla's mom. Like, yeah. she gets it liposuctioned off. Oh. And they I think they... Didn't they the kill fat. people or they Oh, they definitely kill body? people. Yeah. yeah. They weren't using dead bodies. Um, I would say that honestly, I mean, I haven't seen Fight Club in like two years, but... Yeah, it's been like three or four for me. The book, it definitely is like very, very similar to the movie. Um, to the movie. To the movie. Like, I, th- I think they really did follow the book pretty faithfully. Um, yeah, it was good. I, it was a pretty good read. Very quick. Uh... Bestie Issa said, favorite rom-com from 2010s. That's That's tough. That's really tough. That came out in 2010s? Um, I, I, I don't remember. 
any rom-coms from the 2010s. Can this fucking tell me when this came out, please? No. Um, yeah, dude, I don't remember. Came out, nope. Yeah, I was about to say, I don't think it um, did. Oh, 51st Dates? That came out in 2010s? Let's find out. I think you're making this up. Hold on, hold uh, on, hold let's on, hold let's on. go with La La Land. Girl, what? <laughs> no, that came out in 2004, bitch. Yep. I told you, girly. Pull up 2010s rom coms, cause I I don't remember any. No way, leap year. Okay, leap year's my answer because I did, I thought that came out. Oh, easy, easy A. Easy, easy A. For sure. Um, yeah, the, the, honestly, the 2010s were, like, a dry spell. It's early 2000s rom-coms. That's where it's at. I'll say Leap Year and, oh, would we consider Scott Pilgrim a rom-com? I don't know. I would not. All right, Bestie Issa, last question, says, favorite tattoo? On each other, or? We can do on each other. I'm trying Mm. to remember what you have. Hmm. I like your hydrangeas. Yeah, that's probably my favorite, too. I'm, like, staring at you. I'm trying to remember what you got. Do you need Yeah, I need I need some help. Uh, I do really like the cardinal. I do, too. Yeah, and I like the bee, too. It's cute. Um, alright, bestie, what have you been watching? Um, a lot of game theory, again. Um, just watched the, uh... Andy's Apple Farm gameplay and theory. That was pretty... Yeah, she made me watch that, too. Cool and intense. Um, I watched The Virgin Suicides mm-hmm. um, because I was using some of their songs for stuff that I was editing for me and Alex. And um, and so I was like, but I haven't actually watched this movie, so let me <laughs> watch it. Honestly, I think it could have gone deeper into like the... Not necessarily that they had to, like, show abuse or anything like that, but obviously the whole thing was like, well, obviously you haven't been a 13-year-old girl mm-hmm. line. was like, oh, yeah. So I thought that they were really going to get into, like... How hard it how, is. How women are sexualized at such a young age and things like that, or how, like, their parents were so, like... You know, it just felt like... It just felt like white girl tears a little mm, bit. Mm. So I wish they just kind of got into it a little more. Yeah. To kind of like make the whole suicide pact seem more impactful, mm-hmm. at least to me. Um, <laughs> Is that all you watched? Yeah, and half of Juno. Yeah. I watched The Bull. The Bear. We watched oh, the yeah. Bear we we just started The Bear. I'm very excited for season two. Um. On Juneteenth, I watched The Blackening, which I thought it was very funny. I was cracking up laughing in that theater. Um, then I finally watched The Evil Dead, the original. And I, this movie was so goofy. I loved it. It was such a good time. Like, the special effects, truly amazing. Chef's kiss. Um, then I watched Shiny Happy People, which is the Duggars documentary. It was pretty dang juicy. Um, but it was funny because I, like, finished it, and I was like, wait, that was it? Like, I was kind of expecting more. Um, right now, I'm watching the docuseries The Jinx on HBO. Um, it's pretty dang juicy. They opened it with a literal crime scene photos of 
a cut up torso so i was like lit i get to see this um <laughs> and i'm seeing like hacked off legs and stuff i was explaining to sam about how i don't remember oh because we saw a dead deer on the road one time and i was like uh talking to them about the decomposition stages and how your favorite is the bloating stage and she was like what and i'm like you don't know anything about chloe she mm. is nasty nasty um and then i finally i'm all caught up on the other two right now i love this show it's incredible and it's stressing me out and i love lance love lance he's a king um and then yeah i'm watching always sunny i also as i said read fight club this week and still chugging along on that so i think that's all that i watched this week all right best do you want to give me some songs sure um let's see real quick um did i add any more songs to here all right i'm gonna go while you're doing all that um oh okay oh, okay um, we've got a new song by it's a collab with young miko and tokicha and um bad gal it's called chulo part two uh, mom you're not allowed to listen to this song <laughs> um deepen it by berlioz and ted jasper um, <laughs> um, let's see, um, let's see, one of the songs, I used a Cemetery Party by Air from the Virgin Suicides for my little video that I posted, um, Let's do Andromeda by Flying Lotus. Okay. I'm going to do Young Folks by Peter Bjorn and John. Party Down Part 1 by Little Beaver. Oh Very Young by Cat Stevens. Let's do $20 by Boy Genius. And. $20! Whoa. $20! That's too much. It's too much. I just got genius oh okay and then let's do angel by pink pantherist from the barbie soundtrack love the little irish jig in this section um last one i'm gonna do is send his love to me by pj harvey that's all we got today she's gotta go to work i'm gonna go watch uh elemental let's dang she just has to be loud like that, huh? I'm gonna go watch Elemental. Keep y'all posted. I'm not expecting much, but let's go. Alright, bye-bye! Oh, uh, follow the pod on Instagram at Haters Film Club. Follow me on Insta and Letterbox at Chloe underscore R Mercier. And follow me at Curly Femme on Instagram and Letterbox. Okay, bye-bye!